Uh, I'm going to read first in 1 Timothy chapter number 4, and I'll read verse number 1 tonight. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1, then we'll turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 3, where we've spent so much time. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, the times before Christ returns, those latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I taught from this passage, there's the Holy Spirit, there's the Spirit of God, there's the Spirit of Antichrist. Uh, there's the Holy Spirit, and then there's seducing spirits. We, we've put focus on that, but I want you to notice what the Bible says here, that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. There are passages of Scripture that I would like to think that if I do what I'm supposed to do, if I follow the Lord, if I submit to His leading, that I can be included in. This is not one of those passages. Uh, I want to be motivated not to be lumped into that, some shall depart from the faith. Um, we want to win this world with the gospel. They've never had the faith. They don't know the faith. They need to hear that the Lord Jesus Christ died for their sins, and they can have salvation. They can have eternal life. They need to hear that. But it is a, why do we not, did God give us an impossible task? No, he didn't give those, those disciples an impossible task. He didn't give the church an impossible task. So why aren't we reaching the world? Because some depart from the faith. And so we're told that many shall depart from the faith. I do not want to. Depart from the faith. You can be saved and depart from the faith. You can give it up. You can say, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I, to, to, to hold to the faith, to contend for the faith, to, to build on the faith. And so uh, there's some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to the seducing spirits. That's why those, they still even will call themselves independent Baptists, have gone the emerging church route, a route which we've taught on. Why is it? They've been seduced. And they've departed from the faith. I do not want to be included in that. I trust that you don't want to be included uh, in that, that group that departed from the faith. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And we probably could all quote this tonight as a church, but uh, we'll read beginning in verse number 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, uh, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. In verses 2 three, and four, there's a list that we've looked at several times. This is another passage of Scripture that the Scripture tells us that in the last days, these perilous times, and there's going to be a religious group, those that claim the name of, but they deny the power thereof. I do not want to be found in that list. We, we are giving, we've gone through this chapter, we have told, we've seen many things that Paul instructed Timothy. We know in verse 14, he says, but continue thou in the things thou hast learned. But very simply put, that, that's a way not to depart from the faith. That's a way to not have the form, but deny the power thereof. 
is to continue in the things that thou hast learned. Okay? Everybody with me? I'm laying a, I'm laying a foundation here this evening. Now, book of Jude. Book of Jude. And we'll be in the first chapter of the book of Jude. And we've spent several, several weeks in the book of Jude. We'll begin reading in verse number 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and call mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. We have a picture in three passages of Scripture. I'll not take time to turn to the book of Ephesians. That's where we started at the very beginning of this year. Uh, we want to be. We want to be. We want to have the meat of the word. We don't want to be babes in the face, so that we're tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Uh, we don't want, as we saw in First Timothy four, we don't want to depart from the faith. We want to keep the faith. I have no interest in being part of the falling away. I want to hold to the faith. We're admonished in 2 Timothy chapter number 3. That we're told there's a group uh, that, that had that form, but they deny the power. Continue. Do what you're supposed to do. Have that foundation of the Word of God, the importance of the Word of God. And then we find in Jude verse 3 the importance of the faith because we is tied around that common salvation. Remember when I taught about that? The reason why the faith is so important, the reason why we make a big deal about the faith, the reason why we make a big deal about what is, what is the Word of God, the inspired Word of God, the reason why we make a big deal about so many things is tied around a common salvation. Not common because it's not worth anything. Common because any man that will call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ can be saved. It's tied to that. So we're told to fight for it. Contend for it. As a preacher of the gospel, I'm to draw lines and stand there. Every mom and dad, you should have a list of what I call non-negotiables. I have that list when I, when I, whenever there's a lot of times with young couples getting ready to get married or, 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 or the Lord moves them somewhere. I say, wait, when you find, you have to look for a church, when you, just, you have a list of non-negotiables. When you rear your children, you have a list of non-negotiables. These are things that we stand on. Why? Because the faith isn't just for preachers. The faith is for every Christian to hold to. We must contend. If we're, if we're admonished by God to fight for something, God must think it's pretty important. It is, it is important. We have seen many things in the book of Jude. Now, I want to bring you to the text tonight with that as our, our foundation. Look at verse number... Let's go back to verse number 17 of the book of Jude. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit. You remember when I taught on the sensual separation? Everybody's separated. You, you, you want to be like Christ? You'll separate from the world. You want to be like the world? You'll separate from Christ. And so you're going to decide, I'm going to decide, am I going to let the Holy Spirit of God separate me, or am I going to let my desires, my carnal appetite separate me? We, we have all of this admonishment. Now look how the book closes, verse 20. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, 
praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some having compassion, making a difference, and others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Okay, I have taught, we have been in week after week after week of a lesson exposing this contemporary emerging movement. I believe I have not exhausted this subject, but I believe I have taught enough to show you that it's of another spirit. I have taught enough to show you that, that its foundation is not on the Word of God, uh, but it comes from uh, Satan himself. He is a deceiver, deceiving. I believe I've shown you enough that they do not, they do not believe when they say we follow Christ, they are not talking about the only begotten Son of God. They do not believe in the Holy Spirit of God. I believe I've shown enough for us to have somewhat of a grasp of that. So if I've taught all of that, we know what they teach. We know where it comes from. We know that there are seducing spirits. The question comes to you and and I tonight, as we come to the end of this year, what do we do with all of this information? So I want to close this series. It may be, I doubt it's finished tonight, but it may take me a few weeks to do it. And I want, I want, to, I want us to conclude with this, this thought. I've got like six different titles it could be, so you could just pick one. Uh, how to keep from compromising. How to not be part of the falling away. How to keep the faith. I'm going to give you some things here in Scripture. It's one thing to know error because we have an outline that points it out. It's another thing to determine. I can give you, I can give you names of individuals who have the foundation and background very similar to mine, but they've left the faith. They have gone the emergent way. That did not all of a sudden become truth. No, they fell prey to seducing spirits. They, 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 these be they. They became murmurers. They gave in to their carnal appetites as opposed to being spirit-filled. So how did you and I, when we relocate, still be where we're supposed to be? Uh, Mom and Dad, when your kids go from being six years old to 16, how are you still going to make sure that you're in a Bible-preaching church with a Bible foundation holding to the faith. I believe I'll give us some things that will help us. Father, help us as we uh, ponder these truths, and uh, may we uh, get the things we need from the Word of God to establish some things. Uh, Father, I I pray that this series this year has been a help. I believe that it has. Uh, Father, I pray that uh, we'll be able to use it, not just to to, to stand and contend for the faith and uh, know what we believe, but that we can use the knowledge uh, with wisdom Uh, to be a witness and to win people to Christ. And Father, I pray that uh, this concluding uh, lesson, however many weeks it takes, will be a help for us to do that. For in Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. I want you to notice, of course, in the book of Jude, we have a lot of warnings about uh, keeping the faith, uh, what we need to understand to those that pervert the faith. But then at the end, we have this challenge of what do we do with, with everything that we've been taught. The same is true of 2 Timothy chapter number 4. In 2 Timothy chapter number 3, you have the warnings of Paul to Timothy. But then he concludes in chapter 4 uh, with fight the good, uh, um, he's fought a good fight, preach the word. He mentions uh, people who have been faithful, who've been there. He mentions those that haven't been. And it's kind of that uh, he's ready for his departure. He's ready to go. And we can get some inspiration of, hey, I want to stay faithful. I want to be like the Apostle Paul. But we get to the book of Jude, and there's several things here. I want to give us a list, and I have eight things that I believe you can call it a checklist if you want. Uh, you can look at it and say, I want to keep, if I keep these eight things, I think if we keep these eight things, uh, we'll not be part of that group mentioned in 1 Timothy chapter number 4. I, do, I believe we're in the last days. I believe the return of Christ is imminent. I believe it. I believe he could come tonight. If he doesn't come tonight, I believe he can come tomorrow. I believe his return is imminent. Which, If that's the case, and I believe it is, the Bible says that in those last days, there's going to be those that depart from the faith. We say this, and we, we, we have been, if I, if I could just be candid tonight, we as Bible believers have been very casual with the Word of God. We've been very lazy with the Word of God. We have remained in our ignorance when it comes to the Word of God. We have not connected the dot from A to B if you will. We've added two plus two, but we've not come up with the answer. And let me explain what I mean by that. If, if in the last days there are going to be some that depart from the faith, and we say, oh, I believe the Lord could come back. I believe the Lord could come back. But then we don't guard ourselves because Scripture tells us that there's going to be seducing spirits. Scripture tells us there's going to be many who depart from the faith. There, one of the signs is there is a falling away. One of the signs is all of these things are accepted, which are vile and wicked inside the church, and yet we can't connect A to B and say this is part of the departing from the faith. We have got to take this study that we've used and understand I need to protect myself. I, I, I would not want to be... And I've told you this. I have no Bible proof for this. This is just my thought. That when the Lord returns, it'll be on Sunday. Now, I'd much be rather raptured out in the middle of preaching than sitting in an NFL stadium than getting my worship on with the movie characters I'd rather be where I'm supposed to be. Now, I have no Bible to say when it's going to be on Sunday. We know nobody knows. I just, that's just what I would do. Sunday, well, I don't want to be, I don't want, I understand this, and we fall prey, so well, that'll never happen to me. I'll never, that stuff is so ridiculous, Pastor, and it is ridiculous. That stuff is so foolish, and it is foolish. I would never fall prey to that. I can tell you, I know some who are a lot smarter than I am who are smack dab in the middle of it. It's because we didn't guard ourselves. We didn't protect ourselves. Well, they're Christian. Oh, you have to be very, very, very careful. Very, very careful. 
Let me give them to you. Look at verse number 20. We're reminded in verses 17 through 19 that there's, we've been told, verse 18, there'd be mockers in the last time. Who are the mockers? Those that walk after their ungodly lust. That's why they mock. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. He's addressed all of that, but then he turns his attention, instead of talking about uh, those who have left the faith, those who are uh, preaching another gospel, he turns the attention now to verse 20, but ye, beloved, ye that are saved, you, the church, listen now, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. If we are going to stay firm in the faith, if we are not going to depart from the faith, we, number one, we must build our life on the faith. Let me say that again. You must build your life on the faith. Pastor, I can't believe there are people who think what this stuff you've been teaching is actually the truth. Well, let me tell you how. There are men who've been deceived. They think this is church. They've been deceived. They're lost. They are dead in their sins. And so it's very natural for for religion to appeal to their flesh. Those, I want to to reach them. I want want to witness to them. But another another factor in this, and what these churches are full of, are those who did get saved, but they departed from the faith. And truthfully, they stand in the way of those who've never been saved. I don't want to depart from the faith. I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't want to, be, I don't want to stand before God and see somebody cast into hell that I was a stumbling block of them getting saved. But how do we prevent that? Well, we must build our life on the faith. What do we get the faith from the Bible? From the Word of God. Now, how do we build our life? That means if we're going to build our life on something, you don't, if you're going to build a, 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 a house, you don't put the, build the foundation and then frame up next to it. It's on the foundation. You wouldn't frame up next to it and say, I've got to, or you wouldn't have the, it's like somebody having a stack of all the lumber out there next to the poor foundation and brag about how they got a foundation. I own that foundation. Bless God, that foundation is pure concrete. I know it. What do you build? But you have to build a thing on it. You don't have a house until you build on the foundation. We have the Word of God. That's where we get our faith. How do you know what the faith is? It's, it, you get it from the Word of God. How do we determine what's truth and error? We get it from the Word of God. And so the focus in the book of Jude turns to the Christian now, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, you must build your life on the faith. Let me say it like this. You need to center your life around the Word of God. That means daily, your schedule is built around your time with God. You must have a time with God. Well, I'll get to it when I get to it. You're not building on your most holy faith. And I'll say, it, I'll, I'll say this too, and this is where some would disagree. And, this is, and you, can, you, can, you can connect. I'm a very analytical person. I like to sit back and watch, and I can see how things unfold or are going to unfold. 
This is just an observation. If you do not build your life, you do not build your family around the church house and the church calendar, it will not be long till you're out the door for a more convenient Christianity. You need to have your family in Sunday school. Why? Because you're building your most holy faith. You're building on it. You, you ought to be, and I know I'm preaching to the choir t- tonight, f- hopefully, figuratively speaking, as I'm looking at the crowd, but I'm pre- you know, you, you're here on Wednesday night. You ought to be here on Wednesday night. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Every time there's a revival meeting, a special meeting, you ought to be. Why? Well, I got enough Sunday. Pastor, and it's a, Pastor, you give us so much truth. I can survive. Oh, don't give me that. We need, we, some of you, you're doing better spiritually. You're tired because you're still catching up from the conference, but you feel better on the inside. You're doing better spiritually because you were in church every single night. You build around the Word of God. Your life should be built around the Bible. Don't be afraid to build, especially parents, as you start having children, you start rearing your children. Build your family around the church calendar. Build around the church calendar. Uh, Why why is that? Because you're wanting to build your family, to build your children on the most holy faith. Build your life on that. Build your life on the Word of God. Build your life on those things. So if we are going to stay true, if we are going to keep the faith, everybody with me tonight? If we are not going to be part, see, I went, if, if the Lord were to, to, to call us home tonight, I, I want to be found faithful. If he calls us home a week from now, I want to be found faithful. Whenever he calls us home, I want to be found faithful. I don't want to be one of those that said, this is something, and they use it as a badge of pride, and I pity them in the most compassionate way that I possibly can. Well, I used to be a part of a, a church like that. You are confessing your backslidden condition. You're confessing that you have departed from the faith, but they have been blinded and they have been told, I don't even get upset at them as much as I do this cult that says, you're okay, you're free now, you're okay, you can still serve God. That's why I have no patience for them. That's why don't hand me no movie tickets. Don't hand me no, it's not going to go very, very well because you are deceiving people, you are enticing people to depart from the faith. But you got to build. How, why, why is it that you? Why is it that you? You're going to survive if you build your life on the faith. Build on the Word of God. Build it on the church house. I want my kids to be exposed to the Word of God. Uh, when camp time comes around, send your kids. Well, I can't afford it. Come tell me you can't afford it, and I'll help you. I'll help your kids get there. Well, they're going to be. They're going to hear the Word of God. I want them exposed to the Word of God. Build your life on the faith. If we're going to stay true, you have to build your life on the faith. If you don't do that, the seducing spirits... Why do Christians, how arrogant, how naive to think that Christians can battle Satan? I can withstand him. Any, 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 you look at the pages of Scripture. It started with Eve. She just had a conversation. 
And just like that, well, without the Spirit of God, without the Word of God, how did Jesus rebuke the devil? With Scripture. Build your, your, your life on the faith. Number two, look at me in verse number 20. Again, but ye beloved, but building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You want to stay faithful? You want to stay in the faith? You don't want to be part of that crowd that departs from the faith? Secondly, make your prayer life a priority. Make your prayer life a priority. If I were to have you raise your hand, if I asked the question, how many of you think prayer is important for the Christian, every hand would go up. Then if I followed that question with how many of you have made it a priority in your life, would every hand be able to go up? Every Christian who's been taught the Word of God knows we must build our life on the Word of God. Knowing it and do it, two different things. We are told, hey, there's a lot of seducers out there. The book of Jude deals with that. You better contend for the faith. God's going to deal with all of these. And Jude doesn't speak highly of them at all. He doesn't compliment them at all. You ought to look at how he refers to them in the book of Jude. I would say this. He wouldn't follow them on social media. He wouldn't compliment them. He speaks to the contrary of them. If we're going to keep the faith of... We have to make our prayer life a priority. Praying in the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot participate in the enticements and the thrills of this world and have a vibrant, spirit, Spirit-led prayer life. You can't do it. Now, I didn't say that you don't live in this world. I didn't say you never have interaction with this world. But you've got, that, you've got to choose one or the other. Uh, you have to. Mom and Dad, you have to have a prayer life. It's got to be a priority with you. Don't you want to hold to the faith? And it's more than now I lay me down to sleep. But Jesus, thank you for this. I prayed for my food, Pastor. That's great. That's a step. You thank God. For, for, for your food. But lost men do that. I'm talking about when the seducing spirits through false religion approach your children. How are you going to combat that? The way to combat it is in the prayer closet. I'm going to teach you the Word of God because I've been commanded to. I'm going to teach you the truth of the Word of God because that's God's plan. But, and if somebody tries to bring error into the church house, I will deal with it. I will point it out. But beyond Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, the devil, just because the devil in, in, in all of his demons, they don't get our, he don't, they're not looking on the internet at our website. Oh, they meet, we miss their Sunday services. Hopefully, we'll catch them next Sunday. Oh, no, they're working on Monday. They're working on Tuesday. Matter of fact, that's when they're hitting the hardest, when you're away from your support group, when you're away from the church, church people. That's, when, that's when, when you're sick and you miss a Sunday. That's when they show up. That's when the discouragement comes. That's when the temptation comes. How do you, how as a pastor, how do you, how do you, how do you try to protect your church the same way you try to protect your home? Did you make prayer a priority? 
In these latter times, we don't need to pray less. We need to pray more. More prayer. In the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not teaching the whole night on prayer. But you cannot live your day grieving the Holy Spirit and then pray in the Holy Spirit. I hear Christians, they, 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 they put things out on the internet or they, they, they say things, they, 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 they post all their pictures of their, their social drinks like, and I'm praying for you. No, you're not. You're a liar. You're not praying. And if you do go through the act of it, it's not getting past your, your ceiling. You cannot quench. Everybody okay tonight? You cannot quench the Spirit of God and then pray in that same Spirit. You cannot grieve the Spirit of God. You can recite a prayer. I've walked through, through, through grand and magnificent to look the size of, of, of Catholic cathedrals, and I've heard the whispers of prayer all through there. I've seen the lit candles. I've seen the, the, the alms being given. There's a lot of words being spoken, but what good is it doing? You can pray a lot of prayers and not do you any good. You cannot quench the Spirit of God. You cannot grieve the Spirit of God and pray in that same Spirit. So in order to make your prayer life a priority, your life has got to be under the leadership. If you pray in the Holy Spirit of God, you've got to have your life under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You can't live like the devil all week long. That's why every day you've got to spend time with God. God, I know I failed you today, but I want, you to, I want to make it right. I, I want to confess it. I want to get right back on track. Nobody lives a perfect life from, from Monday to Saturday. Nobody does that. But if you are making the Bible your priority, you're building your life on the Word of God, every day you're in the Word of God so the Holy Spirit can speak to you. Every day you're in the, Spirit, the Word of God so the Holy Spirit can speak to you. You're praying and talking to the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit which lives inside of you as a Christian is the same Holy Spirit that, that penned this book. And so when you're reading the Word of God, that Holy Spirit saying, what I mean by this is... And when I say right here, I'm talking about you. And then you have an opportunity to, 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 to be, be aware of some things in your own life. Okay, today I understand the Word of God has spoken to me. I'm going I'm to concentrate on this in my life today. And then when you're talking to Him, Lord, I know I failed you. Lead me today. Do you realize if you submit to the Holy Spirit of God and you ask for His leadership throughout your day, He will lead you? He will guide you? But you can't live contrary to the Word of God, quenching the Spirit of God, and then pray in His Spirit. That's why, and sometimes even church members will get upset at me. They'll come to me and say, Pastor, I just, we're, we're, on, we're on opposite sides of a situation. And I say, well, the Bible says, says this. I says, well, I've prayed about it. Who are you talking to? There's one Spirit He's not going to be contrary to his... his and I, I've, I've even said this, and, and you'll have to forgive me if this sounds a little arrogant, but I, I feel very confident in my prayer life. How confident are you feeling? You can't go against the Spirit. Well, it's got to be a priority. We schedule 
what is priority. We take time to do that which is the most important to us. I think every husband and wife ought to have time every week where, where you have time set aside for each other. I think parents, you ought to have time set aside for your kids. Sometimes our schedule gets hectic, even if, if, if your schedule is such, you got to find a little bit of time. Uh, quality is better, even better than quantity, but you have time where it's just, that's got to be a priority. It's got to be a priority. If we're going to pray in the Spirit of God, hey, I don't want to fall prey to the things of this world. So if we're going to stay where we should be and not depart from the faith, then we have got to make prayer or prayer life a priority. I'll give you one more tonight. Look at verse number 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Number one, we said build your life on the faith. Number two, we said make your prayer life a priority. And if we're not going to depart from the faith, number three, love God. Now, this is where some would have a disagreement, have a hard time with how I define or how the Bible defines loving God and how they define loving God. If they declare, I love God, that settles it. It's done. Or if they buy a T-shirt that says, God loves me, then it's done. Then it's done. God loves all of his children. Now, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, for God so loved the world. He loved everybody. But that doesn't mean that we all love him. Even as his child, I know I fail in my love for him. And we all could nod our head to that when we think of his love for us. So, so, Pastor, what do you mean by, by loving God? It says, keep yourselves in the love of God. This is not talking about his love for us through salvation, because once he saves us, he saves us. You don't have to do anything to stay in that love, but keeping yourselves in the love of God is love God. Let me just put it to you like this. Jesus said, if ye love me, keep my commandments. It's usually a very short conversation. Well, I love God. How many commandments of his are you keeping? Legal list. Here we go in the circle. You know, if you really have a love in your heart for God, you want to please him. I don't have to do anything for my salvation other than what I've already done by putting my faith in what Jesus did. But because of what he did for me, What's his commandment? What does he want? Love God. How do you love God? You keep his commandments. You think about what it must be from God's viewpoint to hear all these people say, oh, I love God, I love God, I love God, I love God, and they knowingly ignore his commandments. Well, my heart was in the right place if your heart was in the right place, you'd make his commandments a priority. This is a good one you'll hear too in, the, in, this, in, this, in this crowd. Well, God knows my heart. God looks on the heart. Independent Baptists look on the outside. 
this is off subject. I can't go down that road. God looks at the heart, yeah, and God's already put in Scripture what He thinks about the man's heart. It's desperately wicked. God looks at the heart. He knows my heart. He does. And that ought to drive every one of us to our knees, the fact that He does know our heart. But how can... Let's, 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 let's be real for a moment. And we'll get to the rest of these. Well, some of them next week. Let's be real for a moment. Do you always feel like doing what you're supposed to do? Don't answer. You always feel like coming to church? You always feel like reading your Bible? You always feel like praying? You always feel like taking that stand that you know you should take? Let's be honest. We don't always feel that way. But why do we do it when we don't feel like it? Because my God, who loved me enough to send His Son, has given me a commandment. And I'm going to follow His commandment. See, when you decide that I'm going to follow the commandments of God, whether I like them, whether I understand them, whether I agree with them, whether it's convenient, whether it's easy, and you're going to follow His commandments to the best of your ability, knowing that you're going to fall, knowing that you're going to stumble. A just man falls seven times, but, but I'm going to get up again, and I'm going to pick right up, and I'm going to do the best I can. See, when you get to that place, then you really have a heart of, of love for God. I'm not doing it because I have to. I'm doing it because it's a commandment of His. And that commandment compels me. Love God. There's a lot of people talking about, oh, I just love the... They just love the Lord. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, they've been taught better than that. Looks to me like they love the world. And my Bible says that you can't love God in the world. My Bible says you can't please two masters. You'll either love the one or hate the other. My Bible says to be a friend with the world is to be at enmity with God. Oh, they love the Lord, or I love the Lord. See how flippant we are with our Christian life? Is it any wonder in... And I want, I want Christians to grow. I want the members of Emmanuel Baptist Church to grow and be strengthened in their faith. But if I'm observant like I should be and like I usually am, I can tell when somebody is vulnerable. Because their love for God waxes cold. So what, what do you mean? I, I, declaring it is one thing. But showing it by following his commandments is another thing. This is part of turning grace under lasciviousness, where we don't do what we do to be saved. We do what we do because we are saved. Well, I'm saved. I can do whatever I want, wanted to do. Technically, God's given you a will, and you can do that. But that is turning the grace of God into lasciviousness because I'm saved through grace. I want, to show, I, want, I want to show my love and appreciation for Him. 
I don't, I, I don't want to fall away. I want to stay faithful. I want to stay true. Uh, it's not that we won't be enticed. In this kind of, and some of you have chuckled with some of the things I've said because you've gotten bombarded in your mailbox. Uh, you've gotten invitations uh, where you work. You've seen it everywhere and everywhere. It is so accessible. This past week when I taught on these things, I had so many pastors come to me. I've got three of these that have just come in my church. I got this. I've lost families of this, to this, to this, to this. What happens? They all of a sudden, it's not that they have a greater truth now. The truth doesn't change. This is the same truth as it's always been. But what is it? We are not where we're supposed to be in our faith, and we get enticed. I can tell you who's vulnerable is, is, is the family that used to have uh, everything around the church calendar and around the, what's going on in the Word of God, and now it's with something else. I'm not against extracurricular things. I'm not against baseball. I'm not against football. I'm not against basketball. I'm not against uh, different things that you can do, 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 do out in, in society and do things with your family, but I am against them. If they get in the way of you being grounded in your faith, I am. I'm not, I'm even not, I'm not even against family reunions. Unless we're on Sunday morning, but. But I wonder how many have been swayed by family. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. We got to be wise enough to say, I can't handle that right now i got to build on my faith, build on my faith. There's five more right now. That list could grow before next week. But uh, when I set out to do, to, to do this, and, I'm, and I am closing, when I set out to do this, I didn't want to just give facts to give facts. And I've probably been oversensitive to this. But I want to arm us and equip us for two reasons, and I've stated this. I don't want us to stray from the faith. I don't want us to be deceived. And I want us to use the information we have to win people who have been deceived by this. But me moving, and I'm getting ahead of myself, me moving to their position is not going to win them. They've got to be confronted with the truth. They've got to have to, but I've got to hold to the truth. Let's, let's build. Look at, your, look at your schedule. New Year's resolutions are coming. Most of them are done by January 2nd, but they're, they're, they're coming. It's a good time. That's why, you know, you got that, I, I presented that devotional. It's a good time, beginning of the year, to hit reset buttons. Look at your schedule. Look at what's going on in your family. Is my, is my schedule built around the Word of God like it needs to be, okay? If it's not, let's adjust it. Life is always adjustments. This season of life, I'm just doing this to hang on. Well, that season of life is going to change. You could have one grandbaby one day and then 12 in, you know, just, 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 just like that. I mean, seasons of life changes. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can ask them after the service. It just changes. Um, so you always got to be adjusting. This world wants to steal the affection that you and I should have for our God. Let's love God. How do we love God? Keep his commandments. Keep his commandments. Keep his commandments. 